So I am going to call to order our regular board meeting at four o'clock. Um, Maria, Maria, can you do roll call? Catherine's not doing roll call, I see. I can do that. Uh, Trustee Jennifer Baker. Here. Trustee Jeff Don, President Chair. Um, uh, Chair Dodd will be recusing himself from the meeting. So I'll note the record for that now. Trustee Elizabeth Goff. Here. Trustee Kyle Iverson, Vice President. Here. Trustee Michael Baldini. Here. Trustee Inez DeLuna. And I believe she is absent. Trustee Rafael Rios. Here. And trustee, student trustee Jorge Alejandro Martinez. Here. Thank you. Thank you. And then again, noting uh, trustee DeLuna is absent and uh, trustee chair Dodd will be recusing himself and is not present. So next we're moving to the Pledge of Allegiance. Trustee Baker, do you want to lead us in the pledge? Okay, next we're moving to public comment. This is general public comment. This public comment opportunity is governed by the California Brown Act. By definition, this is an opportunity to hear concerns, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input. At this time, the board will devote up to 15 minutes to review comment to the board regarding any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting but over which the board has jurisdiction. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items. Each comment shall last no longer than three minutes. Do we have any general public comment? I have an announcement. Is it okay to do it during public comment? Sure. Uh, just wanted to, uh, you probably all saw as you were driving in that, that the parking lot is blocked off for grad night tomorrow night. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow night. And I'm on the board for that and been helping to plan it for a while and now I don't get to go. So um, if any of you uh, are free tomorrow evening and up until 2 a.m. and are looking for something fun to do, uh, they're short one volunteer and it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any other announcements or public comment? Anyone on our Zoom? there okay uh hearing no more public comment i'm going to close public comment and we're going to move to item three uh this is 3.1 adoption of the agenda do we have any changes to the agenda is there a motion to approve the agenda move to approve the agenda i'll second trustee rios and has moved for approval of the agenda with trustee Goff seconding 
Uh, we will move to 3.2 resolution regarding student housing. Um, can I get a vote for the agenda? All those. Aye. Aye. Um, unanimous with uh, Chair Dodd recusing and again, uh, Inez DeLuna absent. Thank you. Now 3.2 resolution regarding student housing. And I'm going to open it up to Jim Reeves. Good afternoon and thank you, Chair Iverson and members of the Board of Trustees. We are pleased to bring to you um, a recommendation to adopt a resolution to move forward with the student housing initiative. This initiative was uh, uh, put on the table uh, in 1718, I believe, at the request of the board to meet several uh, objectives, including uh, increased diversity of students on campus, provide um, housing for students in need, to provide uh, support for uh, low-income students, and to uh, further enhance the, the uh, college's ability to, to advance its enrollments. Uh, the uh, team has been working diligently uh, and, and, and uh, fo clearly focused on uh, meeting those objectives and uh, as prepared to present to you a financially viable solution to move forward. Our team, as you well know, uh, includes Ann Bowles, who's been with the program, I think since day one, uh, and she's a, a recognized figure and an authority in, in this uh, kind of student housing. Erin is uh, our counsel in this. Is Erin there? Um, she's there somewhere, I think. Uh, and is uh, responsible for advocating on behalf of the college in support of, of EdCode uh, and, and being sure that we're well represented in all aspects of this, uh, of this initiative. Ted Reiser is here. He is with the, the, the um, team with Scion. Ted is, is an expert in the field of this area of, of uh, financing. Uh, a public-private partnership or a P3 arrangement. He advocates and has advocated vigorously on behalf of the College of Citibank, our financial partner. And Seth is here from uh, QTAC Rock, who has been instrumental in putting together our ground lease agreement and our coordination agreement. Uh, and he is an expert in the documents, as is Anne and others. So we're pleased to make this presentation and recommendation and would uh, would certainly open uh, uh, to questions uh, about the initiative and about the proposal now. Thank you, Jim. I did want to note that we do have our student trustee too, um, Jorge Alexandre, um, is present. And I didn't ask him during our uh, roll call vote for, so I apologize for that. So our student trustee is present too. So that said, uh, any questions for Jim Reeves? I'll open it up. Uh, it is true that we would pay uh, a higher yield for this shorter term debt. However, the impact of that added debt service cost would be minimized obviously by the redemption of the debt early on. Um, we think that it is doubtful that even if the state or DOF were to announce an award 
say within the next month, that that money would be available to the college and available to assure investors that the balance of the project was fully financed uh, in time to keep our schedule. And so what we really feel we're working against is time here. Nobody thinks that uh, given the Fed's communications, given the move today and, and uh, signaling uh, about further moves in the future. Nobody thinks that the interest rate environment will be better in 12 months. We are we are very close to missing our fall 23 delivery, uh, excuse me, fall 24 delivery as it stands. Um, and so what we're really concerned about is what kind of interest rate environment we will be delivering into, say, in a year when we would attempt to close again with the uh, $31 million. Um, so we're really concerned about interest rate growth. And we feel that the added cost of providing a structured solution to accepting the grant money when it becomes available, when it is in the college's account, uh, far outweighs the risk of essentially adding more interest costs to uh, 120 or $150 million if the grant were not to become available. Uh, I ran a quick analysis prior to getting on this call uh, over a 37-year period, assuming the grant money was not received, um, there is a $38 million savings, uh, excuse me, a $33 million savings in nominal dollars in debt service costs going with the structure we're proposing now. If we were to close in an environment where, where we added a point or 100 basis points, so say an average total interest cost of 7.5% instead of 6.5%. Um, that's what we're losing. Now, of course, if we do receive the grant money, uh, we're still positive against the other scenario since we're essentially taking that debt out and only paying a minimum amount of higher interest. So we understand everybody's concern, but the way it's structured and the way we're approaching it uh, we believe we're offering the best economic solution to the college that also keeps us on course for a fall 24 delivery. Can I ask a, a question at, kind of on the same exact topic, but what would happen if, say, for whatever reason, the uh, we miss our, our deadline here to get going to make this 2024 delivery? Um, for whatever reason, let's say we, we delayed this decision, um, you know, waiting for this money that may or may not come, or I guess my understanding is that, that it's not guaranteed and certainly not within a month. And, and, um, the latest it's supposed to be awarded is September. So say that we delayed because we wanted to see if we can get the money or not. What would happen? I mean, say we, we missed the, um, the timeline for the 2024 delivery and we're pushed out, say, another year. Uh, what would happen to all of the, um, the financing arrangements that we have now with Citibank? Well, everything would obviously be subject to revision as we proceeded forward. Um, the pro forma that we've been using for the last several weeks would be sort of null and void. Um, what I'm most concerned about too, and what I would like to relay to the board and what I would like to invite my colleagues to comment on if they feel 
so inclined is that the credit support package that we have been dogged, that Jim and your staff have been dogged in holding the line on with Citibank, all the while ad nauseum reminding them that, listen, this is what the city, this is what the college is willing to do to support this project. We've held the line on that successfully for the last six to eight months. City is confident that it can sell this project into the market with that credit support package. Anne will tell you and I will tell you that based on our, you know, presence in the market and we have approximately 30 other clients, this is an extraordinarily advantageous credit support package. It, it really is not asking for a lot from the college in terms of what we've seen commitments from other colleges be. Um, and so another unintended effect of delaying the project for years, I believe we would have to revisit that credit support package and that firewall we've built around the college's liability would be potentially compromised. Um, I also do believe, and I'm not an economist, I'm not an MA, uh, an MA, I don't have a series 50 or 51. I also do believe we are going to continue to experience rate pressure. I think interest rates will continue to rise. And so that's my primary concern is delivering this pro closing this project and delivering it in a time when we can be certain that the economic benefits are preserved. That's my, those are my responses to the question of delay. Can I follow that up with another question? And, and I understand that all of the work you've done, Ted, and, and one of my uh, reasons for asking these questions and maybe again, is so that we all, we all know what the answers to these questions are uh, and kind of that it's on the record. I'd like to just return for a minute to, you said you just did these calculations on, you know, the interest rate, um, I guess, today. And I just want to clarify that a little bit. Um, so did you look at, um, say, that if we, do, let's assume interest rates go up tomorrow, and we delayed, you know, for say a month because we thought we were getting this money. Um, the difference between actually getting the money, you know, with uh, waiting for the money to come in that $31 million, what the cost to us in increased uh, interest rates that we have to pay um, with that money and without that money, assume we waited and then we didn't get it. And now we're looking at higher interest rates. Right, and, and that's kind of the analysis I performed, um, and it's very high level. Uh, I essentially took 120 million and and amortized that over 37 years, which is the projected permanent amortization period for the primary debt or for the for the non-grant financed part. I financed the 31 million at eight percent, so I put 150 basis point premium on that and carried it out over the life of the other bonds. So I'm grossly overestimating the debt service costs related to that since if we did receive it, uh, that debt service in principle would obviously go away. Um, that came out to approximately $11.2 million a year in, in annual debt service. This is not in any way, shape or form uh, tied to the pro forma that we've been using from Citibank. It's just a high level analysis. Overall, that results in a nominal figure of $414 million over the term of the two bonds. What I did then was I looked at raising the total interest rate uh, 100 basis points to 7.5% for the entire $151 million. 
that resulted in an annual. So this would assume that we did not receive it, um, did not receive the grant money. That results in an annual debt service cost of $12.1 million or a total nominal figure of $447 million, which is $33 million more expensive than if we go with the structure we're proposing. And again, if, if we were to get the grant and be able to take it out, we're only going to be spending, and by the way, we've also preserved the ability to reapply for those grant funds and subsequently apply them once we do actually secure them. So we're preserving the college's ability to continue to hammer away at this if we don't get it in the FY22 funding cycle. Uh, if we take away that debt service simply by getting those grant funds, then that value still holds. Uh, and I believe the estimate of the total interest costs, uh, if we do wait a year, is conservative. Um, in terms of what the difference in yield will be between the tranche of bonds we reserve for the early redemption with the grant money, I can't speak to that specifically. Even City can't speak to that specifically until they position it to the market and get feedback. But there will be a cost. Uh, we believe fervently that this cost is negligible when thinking about the broader impacts of a project delay, which almost certainly will occur even if those funds were identified this month. Investors won't commit to the balance of the project financing until the college actually controls those funds. And let me just uh, underscore with, with something that Ted said, which is, if you receive Can you get closer to the mic, Seth? Sorry. Yes. If you receive the funds in September, um, you can apply them in September. If you receive the funds in November, you can apply them in November. If you receive them next year, you can apply them next year. And so we 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 made it clear in the financing documents that when you receive them, you can you can apply the funds. And that's that's really one of the things that we we spent a fair amount of time talking to Citibank and talking to the other lawyers about making sure that whenever you receive it, you can apply it. Does that mean there's no prepayment penalty if we get it and apply it? So I think one of the things that we're saying is if we receive it, let's say we receive it in September, the cost would only be interest for that particular amount for, you know, your, if, you, if you receive the funds in July, it would only be for basically August and September until you applied the funds. If it's to November, then it's, it's only a couple of months, and so we don't know the exact dollar amount right now, but there will be a little bit of a cost. And I think what Ted is identifying is that there's a there's a saving still because you're applying those funds right away. Right. And, and just to make it clear, my assumption is that there will be more controlled redemption windows. So if you received it, at some point during whatever accounting year, you may have to wait for a few months to get to the end of that accounting year. But I, I would expect that it won't be simply that, hey, when you get the money, send it to us. Um, you know, there may be annual redemption periods that, that we would have to abide by. But, but in, in essence, Seth is, you know, Seth is saying exactly what needs to be said, which is we will apply it as quickly as possible to minimize added interest costs. The, 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 the expectation is that there's not necessarily a penalty associated with early redemption because those redemptions, those early redemptions will be pre-negotiated. There will be a difference in the yield 
that the bonds are sold at to reflect the nature of them? I think one of the concerns with that question has been that it's clear that we'll have some interest to pay because it may be September, it may be October or whenever we get that money. But like with, you know, regular home loans and things where people, there's an actual penalty, an additional amount you have to pay. I think that's the question people are asking. Is there an additional amount we're going to have to pay if we pay this off at early at whatever point. It has been specified to uh, Citibank that it is our expectation there will be no associated penalties with early redemption. Uh, so we will certainly um, continue to, to work with Citibank on making sure that those types of features are not included. We're willing to pay higher yield for shorter redemption periods. We're not willing to pay penalties, especially when investors know going in that this is what these bonds are designed to do. Thank you. And I think that's that's a desire of the, the board that we do not pay additional penalties. So thank you. And there's um, there's no actual rough estimate and a number what that let's not call it a premium or let's not call it a prepayment penalty, but maybe it's a premium. There's no rough idea of what that number is. I mean, as we're going through this, uh, I used 150 basis points in my analysis. City used 100. Even if it were two or 300, I still think the the strategy is sound given the interest rate risk to the project brought on by delay. Uh, I would say that if the terms that Citibank is able to negotiate for this strip are extraordinarily cost prohibitive and you know and made it and made it difficult for the project to achieve its goals then we would certainly uh seek board you know board consultation on that uh trustee baldini do you have a question You're muted. No, sir, I, I do not. And I actually raised that. No, it, uh, uh, I, I like what's being said thus far and satisfies my uh, concerns. I have a, a question, uh, and I don't think it, it is the desire of the board to push the project out or postpone it, um, but is it possible to amend this resolution? I guess that would be a legal question for Aaron. Can we ask counsel to respond? Uh, I'll assume the mic is on. Yep, okay. Um, <clears throat> Briefly, I would say the way that the documents are written, the way that the letter of representations is written, um, if there were to be any material changes, uh, then those would be brought back to the board. We have expressly reserved the right for the board to ratify if there are any material changes to the ground lease or the coordination agreement. This is, and I want to recognize that this particular transaction structure, it is relatively novel for California community colleges. 
we don't have a lot of example of P3 projects to look to. So I can recognize, and I don't want to say the board's discomfort, but I will say the board's understandable scrutiny of what this is actually committing the college to do. And so the, the short answer is we are bringing a form of the ground lease in its substantially final form and the form of the coordination agreement in its substantially final form, because those are the only two documents that the college is signatory to. All of these other documents that have been discussed, those are our private sector partners. That, that would be Citibank, that would be the Martin Group, that would be um, Graystar, who it's anticipated will be the initial project manager. So I, I, can, I don't know that I would speak to it in terms of amend the resolution. I would say, Today, going forward, if it is the board's decision to, to move forward with this transaction, um, it always feels like a very uh, simple analogy, but, but I will use it uh, because I don't have a better one. We're, we're agreeing to a box. We are agreeing to this is the project that we are expecting to get. This is the financing structure. This is the uh, contingent credit support that we're going to have. There is a possibility, and, and I will let um, my colleagues who do more in the private sector sort of add on to this, but the actual terms of the document may change in terms of describing the bond or these early redemption. However, that's inside our box. What we are asking you to do today, if it is the board's um, interest, is approve the box. And those terms are, are based on our outside contours. Now, if Citibank were to come back or if the Martin Group were to come back and say, no, 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 we're going to give you an octagon. Eh, it's a triangle. That is what we have preserved the right in our letter of representations, that that would have to come back to the board for ratification. So I, I want to um, acknowledge that this is an unusual structure. Usually we bring a document to you and it's, Here's the draft. The last thing you want to see is here's red lines that were put in yesterday. Well, there was different financing discussions that we, um, and when I say we, I, I will speak about the project team. I'm not involved in all of those calls, but we are all advocating on the college's behalf and recognizing the interest. So there are conversations happening between our private partners that we are not necessarily privy to, but it has to align with our expectations of what is in the ground lease. That is the master document. Um, so I, I don't want to say that it's necessarily amending the resolution. Um, what it is, is authorizing this particular structure of the transaction with the, the finally substantial forms, but in the event, um, understanding you know the credit support, if the credit support were to change, if, if they came back and said, you know what, we're gonna need more, this team, would come to you and say, this was not the box that you ordered. Um, and, and so we understand those contours of the transaction. Um, I was gonna say, I will, uh, Ted, Seth, Jim, if you wanna add anything to that, I think that's the most um, the most complicated that I, I can get in describing the particular features of private finance, because I know my lane and that is not it. The Ed Code and I, we're good. I guess before you guys answer, I'll just throw one more because I think Aaron will probably comment on it uh, and then we'll take those two questions together. Um, we couldn't approve just the ground lease agreement and not the issuance of the bonds this evening, could we? Uh, 
Could uh, we separate them? And primarily, and the only reason I'm asking this is this big elephant in the room about this $31 million and its impact on the project, I guess. If I could clarify, we are not the entity issuing the bonds. Right. California Community College Financing Authority, um, if, if the board elects to move forward this evening, we anticipate bond council um, it anticipates that at a meeting right now it's scheduled, they think sometime mid next week, the authority would authorize the issuance of the bonds. Then Citibank as our identified underwriter, our private partner enters into a bond purchase agreement. They are responsible for marketing that debt to the private sector. So um, we we can, before us today, it's really the resolution we can move forward. And then all of the other pieces that are lined up, the dominoes start going. Mm -hmm. Or if we don't move forward today, there's no dominoes that fall. But it is not within our discretion as to the issuance of the bonds. And I'll uh, let the, the other folks uh, chime in there. Yeah, correct. The, the The execution of the ground lease forms the real estate interest that allows the nonprofit ownership entity to to ask the authority on its behalf to issue those bonds for construction of the project. Um, so it, it is a critical a critical piece of the transaction. Nothing proceeds without it, uh, but it is not our authority. You know, we're not asking this board to approve the issuance of the bonds. Um, do I, any other questions from trustees? I want to give our student trustee an opportunity. Do you have any questions? I know you're new to the, the position, but any, okay. Um, with that, I'll, I'll entertain a motion to move forward. I'll move to, uh, approve or ratify the resolution as presented. Do I have a second? Oh, you're, you're muted. Baldini, a second. I have a first and a second. Uh, this is a, what I would consider a historical vote for the college. This is a, a big step forward. And I think that we've done our due diligence and our um, financial responsibility. So with that, with the motion from Trustee Rios and I'm second from Trustee Baldini, I will uh, call the question. All those in favor? Aye. And I'll do a roll call vote on this one. And I'm gonna start with Trustee Baker. Aye. Uh, Trustee Goff? Aye. Trustee Rios? Aye. Trustee Baldini? Aye. Student trustee? Aye. Uh, and I will also vote aye. So the motion passes unanimous with uh, Chair Dodd recusing himself. And again, Trustee Inez de Luna absent. I did want to make sure that I uh, open it up for any public comment also. We've already voted, and I don't think there's any public comment, but Let's has anyone 
phoned in or anything. Okay. Tag, do you have a comment? I don't want to really. I was just saying, let's confirm, um, despite the slight uh, out of order, uh, respecting our, our community stakeholders. I don't know if any of our audience members are here to provide a public comment or if there is anyone in our virtual attendance, but I, I would certainly want the record to reflect that there was an opportunity for the public to yes. comment. So I do want to confirm that there is no public comment and I'm going to roll call the vote again. Again, the motion uh, to approve the ground lease was made by Trustee Rios. It was seconded by Trustee Baldini. And I will do the roll call vote again. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Student Trustee. Aye. And Baldini. Aye. And myself, aye. So the again, roll call vote, unanimous. Again, Chair Dodd recusing and Inez DeLuna absent. Okay, well, that is it. This is, seems like a lot of time in the making and I uh, look forward to working with the team. So thank you. Thank you all very much for all that work you did and, and the multiple explanations to us. Yes. When, when uh, Mr. Reeves, we first started speaking and he said that it, this was introduced in 1718, I know he meant fiscal year, but I kind of giggled because it does seem like it's been a couple hundred years. <laughs> it's an exciting, it's an exciting prospect for the college and, and frankly, uh, a key to, to our turnaround. So I thank the board. I thank you for our patience, for your patience. It's I know it's been a long slog, but I really commend the team that we're working with. They've really uh, gone to great lengths to see the college's uh, interests were well protected and well served. So a big hand to them. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any other comments from trustees or? I, I wanted to send my thanks out as well. I. I realize this is your area of expertise and it must get very tedious for those of us who aren't experts to continually ask you maybe the same question over time but we certainly appreciate um, your professionalism and all your efforts on our behalf and we look forward to working with you so thank you i just like, I just like to make a brief comment um and i'm sorry to interrupt if i'm interrupting michael this is rob frost interim superintendent president um, I would just like to thank the board members for the extended time they've invested digging deep into this project, reading through it, asking me questions. I, I just want to attest to the fact that I have spent hours and hours answering questions, doing research, making sure that we get to a level of comfort with the uh, importance uh, of this decision today. So I'm especially thankful to the board. I'm thankful to you, Aaron Stagg, for all of your help. I, over the six months, we, we have certainly benefited greatly from your assistance. I want to thank the, the, the folks on Zoom individually. Well, Jim, you've been outstanding. What a great partnership you've, you've provided in, in uh, seeing this through. And Vols, Ted, thank you so much. Uh, you've uh, you schooled me in so many ways. Seth, of course. I, I've been thankful for your presence week in, week out on the calls. We, we, we desperately needed you and you came through for us. Thank you. 
And so, of course, and Mika, I'm sorry, I don't know you, so that, that's on me, all right? <laughs> but Michael is joining us uh, for, via distance, and uh, thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time. I want to, I think it's important to, to just also, every trustee could, you know, found a way to make it despite a whole lot of personal, uh, just uh, what challenges from most of you uh, that I'll save just exactly what those include, but uh, boy, some of you really leapt high hurdles just to be here today. So, so thank you for that too. I'm just grateful to to everyone for this uh, opportunity to provide basic shelter for our students and many different uh, um, many different ways from health occupations to athletics to special events to different programs that that uh, will now become uh, available and be much more of an attraction to the to the community to have this asset in place uh, i thank you all for your your uh, support i i can't really add much to what everyone's already said um i think that this is a really a good decision and a giant step forward for our community and our students. So thank you. Um, I also want to thank uh, Jeff Sheckman out there. I don't know if you're in your uh, concrete walled office listening to us, but thank you. And thank you, Maria Solange and Patty Morgan and Jessica that are out here. So Oscar, thank you again. Dagmore and Holly. So thank you, everybody. And with that, we're going to end this meeting at 440. Is there a motion to adjourn? Do I have a motion to adjourn? Move to adjourn. I'll second. Trustee Rios, motion to adjourn. Trustee Goff seconded. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good day.